Here we are again. It's Mile High Magazine, and I'm Murphy Houston. And we hope you're having a great Sunday, and we've got a great bunch of ladies to talk to from the March of Dimes, including Carrie Devine, who's the Senior Development Director. Carrie, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Well, of course. And Justina Oldhoff, who's the ambassador family for the March for Babies, which we're going to talk about here in the next half hour. And Justina, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Well, you had a chance to work together the other night for the kickoff for the big March for Babies, which is coming up in April, which we'll talk more about. That was a good time. A lot of good families there. And Justina, you'll have a chance to tell your story like you did the other night, which you did a magnificent job. Because I know it's a very difficult topic to address about what you went through personally and your your family and your children, and it's been a struggle. And that's why we have the March for Babies, and that's why we're here today. So maybe, uh, Carrie, since you're kind of the big shot over there at the March of Dimes, right? I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I was there. I know what's going on over there. For those that don't know, and I don't know why they wouldn't, because the March of Dimes has been around for, what, 100 years or something like that? It's been forever. Yeah, it's been 80 years. And actually, this is our 50th anniversary of our um, March for Babies. That's that's incredible when you Mm -hmm. think about that, the March for Babies. So let's talk about the March of Dimes. For those that have been living in a cave and don't know what it's all about, maybe Mm -hmm. you should tell us. Perfect. Well, um, it was started initially because it was to eradicate polio. And after they found a vaccination for that, they decided to make their mission all about um, leading the fight to help all moms and babies. Um, So currently, one in 10 babies are born premature. And so really, they're just fighting to, um, to stop that and to put an end. So they do that from lobbying to working with legislative um, to create laws to obviously help those babies that are born premature. And to also prevent um, mother mortality that can happen quite often, too often in the hospital. Um, And then we also create um, programs in the community. We have a NICU support program. So we actually have a staff that works in the NICU to help parents navigate um, through kind of like the hectic and really stressful situations of when you do have a baby that's born in the NICU and what that um, actual process will look like. And then we also create supportive pregnancy groups, and that's um, women of about 10 um, that come together and they do group pregnancy classes while receiving medical care. Um, And then lastly, which is one of the most important things, um, is we do a ton of research. So um, it's really to find the reasons why babies are born premature, um, why women pass away while giving childbirth um, in the 2020s, which is really, really crazy how often it happens. And so, um, yeah, just finding different medications that we can provide and um, just different procedures through our research centers. Well, let's just back up a little bit for those that don't know. And when I started getting involved with the March of Dimes, which has been a few years, Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know what a NICU was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, my kids are growing up and I'm blessed. I had four healthy kids and eight healthy grandchildren. And what's a NICU? It's a neo-intensive care unit. So um, it's just it's a intensive care unit made for n- newborns that just need um, a lot more help. Um, it they might need an isolate, so that's going to be this little tiny bed that is temperature controlled, and it just gives um, it acts as an incubator. So it's supposed to mostly replicate their time being um, instead of being born early and into this world more like a mother's womb. Well. There's a lot of stories behind that, and I, I've seen some of the examples, and we have Justine Oldhoff here who's been through. How can I describe what you've been through? I mean, it's horrible from a guy looking in. And your story, you said the other night when we're doing our big kickoff and rallying all the people that are going to be involved with fundraising for our March of Babies coming up in April, 
it choked me up tremendously because, as I just said, I'm totally blessed. I, I can't relate. Healthy kids, healthy grandchildren, and that's not the case for you. At least it wasn't in the beginning. So if you don't mind sharing your story, Justina, before we get more involved while we're here today talking about the event, please do. Absolutely. I Last year is when I actually started becoming involved in the March of Dimes um, more heavily. I knew what the March of Dimes was, but was not active. And I went into uh, preterm labor with our firstborn son. We never thought we'd get pregnant. Found out we got pregnant. And um, he was born at 24 weeks and two days. Uh, I didn't even know that that was possible. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, how do you handle that? I mean, that doesn't seem feasible. It's fight or flight when you're in it. Sure, Um, sure. And he was in the NICU for three days um, fighting for his life. And unfortunately, we did. We lost him um, after those 74 hours in the NICU. But I tell you, when you don't know what the NICU is and you see what they do there, it is it's life changing. Um, Shortly after that. We found out, surprise, we were pregnant again. Were you were you scared? Scared, scared doesn't even yeah doesn't even explain yeah, I, it. It was yeah. we weren't even supposed to be trying again for a long time, and we didn't even know we could get pregnant. I wow. had endometriosis for ten years. We didn't even know we could get pregnant, and so I found out a surprise, and I was on bed rest for about eighty days at home, and then in the hospital at twenty three weeks and six days, I was I was put in the hospital. Wow. So it was that bed rest from a mental standpoint, too. And that's another thing that the March of Dimes really hones in on, you know, that that mental health. Um, I was in that hospital for that long and then wound up delivering our second son in October at 29 weeks and three days. Wow. I mean, what was going through your mind then? You talk about the mental part. I can't even fathom, and I'm sure our friends listening now are thinking the same thing. It's it's under. It, it, you can't describe it. It's when you know when you're in it, um, and I think that's why when I shared my story at the kickoff event, it was it was the first time that I actually shared the story from the beginning in January of last year through December. And I was like, "Wow!" Even to myself, I was like, "We did go through a lot." Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, is we've been living in the moment and living in kind of that crisis state that I never actually got to relive the whole thing at once. I can't imagine. So what happened then? The second so, child's born, your yep. son's born, 29 weeks, then yep. what? Yep. So I had an emergency C-section again, so chaos again. And I don't really know what a normal pregnancy is like and going to 40 weeks and delivering the baby sure. and getting to hold your baby and went right into the NICU and he was there for 49 days. And, um, you know, again, it's an everyday, it's holding your breath and you walk in the door and you wonder, is my baby okay? What's yeah, going on? Is right. he going to live? Um, and he came home. He came home the day before Thanksgiving. Um, a week later, he was put back in the NICU. Now you got... talk about Thanksgiving. Yeah. How about that? It was, it <laughs> yeah. was quite the blessing. Uh, so we actually had to go back in the NICU for seven days because he got RSV. Oh, boy. And that is every premature mother's worst nightmare. What, what is that? Um, it, it is actually all respiratory. So oh. they have to. So we, we took many steps back. He went back onto them having to breathe for him again. Oh my! And putting him on a C, what's called a CPAP, and it's basically you know going on your face and sure, lots of oxygen given. And so after seven days, he had his second homecoming, and he's been home and healthy ever since. So what hospital were you in? I was at Littleton Adventist Hospital. They're pretty good over there. There, we, um, you know, many people asked me that's where we lost our son Carter. Right. Um, many people asked me if I was going back, and I wouldn't go anywhere else because right. while yes, the trauma was there from what experience but it was that you know you have to have a 
you have to feel that family environment. And for me, I wouldn't have gone anywhere else. Yeah, those people come close, don't they? The folks that are there helping you go through what you're going be- they, become family. They go through it with you. Yeah. And so when you have this, you know, we think about our, our clinical teams and they go through it with you. You know, people think sometimes they're just doing their jobs, but that's not the case. No, no, those are special people. They are very special mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't care what NICU you're working in, Littleton Adventist mm-hmm. or Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. Right, Carrie? I mean, that's one of our close-up partners that works with the March of Dimes. Yes, they and, are. And Children's mm-hmm. Hospital Colorado, yep. the other one. I mean, those mm-hmm. those people, you know, I I don't like to use this term loosely, but they're angels on earth. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely they no are. doubt in my mind, because I've seen now that I've been involved, how they work, and I've met some of them. It's yeah. like, can you imagine doing that day in and day out? Yeah. And then you go home and try to have a normal yeah. life. It would be beyond demand. I can't, I can't imagine. But things are going well. Yes. Things are better. He's doing great. He's five months old as of yesterday. <laughs> Special time. Yes. Well, I had a chance to see him. You know, he was. Yes, you did. At the event. I, I know he was smiling at me. He I mean, was, was smiling at you. <laughs> I have a big mouth and I'm loud. <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> you and him share something in common. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it really is. But, you know, let's talk about the March of Dimes being important to the community today. And another reason why we're here. And Karen, you can probably answer that question because it's very important. It is. Um, right now we're in a healthcare crisis, um, especially if you look at how far medicine has come. Uh, we are currently the worst developed country when it comes to premature birth and maternal mortality yeah, you in the mentioned United that States. The other night, or Barb mm-hmm. mentioned that the other night, I'm going, how can that be? Mm-hmm. I thought the same Why thing. is that? Yeah, I think um, one of um, when we were looking at the statistics, because working for the March of Dimes, I feel like we're just throwing all these important statistics. And there's there's always some pieces that you really hold on to. And I remember when we were looking at the preterm birth and maternal mortality, it was um, England was another number ninth in the world and we were number 26. And so when you look at something like that, you realize how astounding it is that it's 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 crazy for one in 10 babies to um, end up being um, born premature is obviously not okay. What's going on over here that's different than these other countries? What, what are we lacking? What's missing? That's what a lot of the research is about. It's like really looking at the correlations onto why our preterm birth is so high. Um, and especially when you're looking at the communities that the maternal mortality is hitting. Um, obviously, we need to do something better. Uh, in Denver, think about how many hospitals we have that have NICUs in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every area that you're in in Denver, you can be in a suburb and go to an, a really great NICU. Sure. Um, but when you look at these rural areas, like what do they do? And I think that's when you hear some of those astounding stories um, that, like, people – we just have so many people that are helicoptered in that are needing all this extensive unit. And then those families are forced to stay at, like, a Ronald McDonald house while their kids Mm -hmm. in the NICU every night. Um, And so it's looking at the statistics, like, right here in Denver but also across the nation. Well, it's true. We do here in we're, we're Bonneville broadcasting all our stations, and we do a lot of work with Ronald McDonald House, and that place is full of parents mm-hmm. like yourself, Christina, that come in from rural Colorado or Wyoming or someplace where there's no no help. Mm-hmm. There's yep. no help, and they have to either jump in the car and drive, or a helicopter comes and gets them. And you hear those stories, and I guess that's hard for us to believe because we live in a great city, and mm-hmm. you know, Littleton Adventist is two miles away. I mean, mm-hmm. we can be there instantly. 
But not yeah. everybody has that blessing, do they? No. And when you look at a hospital, um, I mean, we're we're lucky enough that Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children, um, they are our presenting sponsor again. Yeah, they are. Um, and they are a level four. So um, right now, I think it's UC Health and Rocky Mountain Hospital that are the two major level four um, NICUs that we have in the Denver area. And so Rocky Mountain is actually the largest. They have 86 beds. And a lot of times when we meet with them, we're, we have a board member who is a nurse there, Christy Browning. And sometimes she'll come in and just tell us that they're completely full. And especially in this season with everything that you hear about going full. on. In, yes. Full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I believe that UC Health has 65 beds and they'll be full when it's like winter time. I think it was um, last month they were completely full as well. Um, and it's just kind of like a scary time when you have these little babies that are their immune si- um, systems are a little mm-hmm. weaker than a regular babies. And then to hear everything that's currently going on, whether it's the flu or other viruses that are popping up. Yeah, um, that, there's know. extra mm-hmm. safety that has to be taken care of. Everybody mm-hmm. seems to be scrambling at the moment to solve what's going on or how to prevent it. I can't mm-hmm. imagine if you had a baby in the NICU right now. Holy cow. That's what we do mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have... You have those wipes and hand sanitizer. I mean, mm-hmm. what everybody's doing today is what we wish everybody would do mm-hmm. the, with normally. the preemies normally, yeah. yeah. And you really have to be careful with who touches your Absolutely. baby and just have those, um, just be on high alert all the time. Um, and that's why we were even saying this year with everything being so scary and up in the air right now, it's even more important to really fundraise because the more research that we can gain um, and to prevent babies being born too soon with having um, respiratory issues when, you know, they just are here, the better it'll be for them in the long run. So oh, sure. Sure. Big kids that just like to wipe their nose on everything. So. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, that, 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 that's a goal. <laughs> uh, explain to me again, uh, back up a little bit about a yep. level four facility. What's What does that mean? So that's the highest level of support that a NICU provides. Is it the health care they get at that level? Yes. Not yep. just the amount of beds they have at that Correct. level. Right. Because yes. you mentioned these beds. I'm going, okay, well, why can't we have more beds everywhere? But yeah. it's the health care that comes it with that. It is. Um, so it just means that the uh, amount of support um, and also the research that they do and the materials that they have there to be able to provide surgeries on these, like, tiny, tiny little humans um, is they're just um, – I guess that they would just have a higher level of being able to care for the sickest babies. There are um, another big thing that we work with Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children on, and they have this amazing story, is a drug called surfactant. Um, so to just kind of back up a little bit, March of Dimes found this drug called surfactant, and it was a huge find in the NICU community because it actually prevents um, when babies are born – um, too early, a lot of times their lung their lungs were sticking together. Sure, um, they would be sure. too sticky, so this drug actually makes them expand, and so they're not sticking together. So, since from our research, we found that um, Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children has um, like so many stories of how that drug really saved the kid's life, and the uh, the big part is to get it to them as early as possible. Sure. So, for the people that are flying from out of state, it just becomes so important to have like a place in local communities that offer that. Because the difference um, with these little um, these little peanuts is that they need to get everything really early and as soon as possible. As in a lot of things, getting mm-hmm. it early makes a big difference. Is Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children the only one that has this drug? No, 
No. They no. just have um it there's select hospitals that will okay. have it. Okay. Um and I don't know how that's determined. Um but because even to like a hospital like Littleton could give it to somebody um early on and then they could be transferred. So I, I don't really have enough information about who has it and well, it how that's like determined. A, it's, it's a miracle drug. Mm-hmm. And has that been developed through the March of Dimes and the research and the monies we're raising with the uh, Baby's March? Yes, yes. That's one of our really, really big major finds um, that I would say in recent years um, because it's been uh, – there's so many things that are found through research, and there are these little um, these little things that I feel like a lot of people don't hear about, and it just makes things better. But that was like – I feel like almost like a magic drug that made such a difference for the respiratory systems. Um, I think the story I share a lot is I have a family friend who lost their baby, um, and he was 28 weeks, and I do think – it was over 10 years ago, and I really do think he would have survived now. Um, and it's drugs like this and um, different procedures that are found through research are really what changes, um, I think, the outcome of some of these little babies. Justina, did your uh, son go through that with uh, that special drug? He did not. We actually have – he was given steroids. So if you can get it early enough and you know that you know the preterm labor – you're, you know, you've gone into it. There's, you can get two different, two steroid injections, um, one immediately, and then the next one in 24 hours. So if you can get that um, to sit in before the baby comes out for 48 hours, that actually helps their lungs develop quicker. So wow. both of both of our boys got that, and I actually, with our second son Aaron, he had two courses, so you can only get to up to two courses. Um, but neither of them, I mean course with with carter he was born so early that they had to continually breathe for them and he was intubated but aaron he had some pretty powerful lungs um Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that you can get that early enough well it's a is it a steroid i mean i have steroids in my knees because they're that kind of a steroid or is it just a different kind of a steroid you know i'm not sure because that's those are pretty powerful drugs They are. Um, I think they're a little bit different. I think it's well, just I in the same so. class. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know when you dive into that medical part, Murphy, you're putting us at a. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. I'm thinking, you know, my knees are starting to fail, and they put these steroids, and wow, I feel great. <laughs> so and they're putting a little 24. You put that. I'm, how? I mean, yeah. is it the same? I mean, well, it goes into mm-hmm. the. It goes into the mom. Oh. And then, so they actually goes it goes into the mom before they're born if you can get it soon enough. See what I'm learning here today? This I know. Is, this is what the March of Dimes is doing. And and, and the other part of all we talk about the PME babies, but it's the mothers that we lose. Mm-hmm. Why why is that? How is that happening? Can we address that? Why these mothers are passing away after they give birth or don't even give birth, I guess, in some cases. Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest parts that they're really looking into is they're doing a ton of research, obviously, around this. But one of the biggest parts is that all mothers need to get health care and have access to that health care. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about rural areas. Um, but something that was brought into my attention um, by one of our board members is even if you have somebody who lives on Monaco, in um, like on the edge of Aurora and Denver, they have to take three buses to get to um, Denver Health. Oh, my And goodness. so we talk about even as being as close as a city um, as Not it is and good. having, yeah, yeah, it just, um, there's just a lot of complications that I think that we forget about. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though that's not the reason that every mother obviously is passing away, we're seeing it occur in um, certain races at a much, much higher level. And so black women have a much higher chance of um, dying during childbirth than a Caucasian woman. Is that a genetic thing? 
Or why, what is that? That's what they're looking. Um, Research. Oh, yes, so much research. And then they also launched a training program with March of Dimes where they work in with hospitals on um, training the medical professionals on different signs to look for, and especially in the different races. So that was something that I don't I don't know if it launched yet, but in, I think a couple of months ago we were in the talking points of having that launch for um, medical care. For It's part of one of our purchases um, that you can make that's mission-specific so that these hospitals can research receive that extra training um, and um, just like ongoing training, that which is important in any type of medical community. I see it. Mm-hmm. Easy to understand. We're talking with uh, Carrie Devine, who's the Senior Development Director for the March of Dimes, and Justina Oldhoff, who's the Ambassador Family. What does that mean, Justina? What's mm-hmm. going on? Do you have to wear a sash? There's a crown? <laughs> Do I get to wear a sash? <laughs> we can get you a sash. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because you... You do, but you don't really want to be the ambassador family, right? So well, it's, it's a really hard... Um, you open up. You have to open up your yeah. soul to strangers. Yeah. And I can't imagine anything harder than that. Well, it's been part of my healing, yeah, to be really? honest with you. Yeah. Good for you. And, you know, time and time again, I've heard, you know, you need to take care of yourself before you take care of others. And for me, it was... Especially moms. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was me helping to take care of others is what was as what is still helping me every day. And so being the ambassador family is, um, you know, when Carrie and I spoke and I was like, hands, I, it was no question. It was absolutely, I would be honored to because yeah. I want to help others for all the reasons that we've already talked about today and so many more. Well, experience helps. Yes. And you've got the experience, a tough way to have the experience, yes. but you have it. And some poor mom for the first time going through this, you know what they're going through. How about your husband, Dan? I mean, I, Dan is such a nice guy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and he's up there rubbing your back when you're talking. I know. I'm going, ah, that guy's on it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. But what a supporter. He just seems like, and he doesn't seem like a, and I don't know him personally, but he doesn't seem like a big talker. He seems like I'm, I'm the rock. He is. Yeah. But I think sometimes we forget about dads. I know. Well, I was kind of it's... brought up the other night at our kickoff. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I think that happens not in that particular situation, but maybe a lot of situations. Yeah. It does happen. The dads are kind of just there. But it's important for the dads to be involved. Absolutely. I can't imagine how you could go through what you did without Dan's support. Oh, I could, you know, it's one of those things where you go through pre, two preterm labors, three NICU journeys, a loss. When you go through all this, it, it I could see how marriages don't make it. And you hear all the time. I hear often. Um, marriage is not making it, but actually made us stronger. Well, and I, yeah. you know, I couldn't imagine doing this without him. No. And, and sometimes dads, and I have to admit, I'm kind of that way. You're the rock when it's in front and then I'll go in the back room and I'll just yeah. wreck. I'm a wreck, yeah. but I don't want people to see it Yeah, because I'm the rock. Yeah, of course. That's just me. Maybe a lot of men are that way. And it's uh, it's a hard thing to go through, but Let's get back to the ambassador family. Yeah. What is your responsibility? I mean, we got a big event coming up, so yes. maybe we should start talking about that. Yes, yeah. so excited for the March of Baby March March for Babies uh, walk that's coming up April eighteenth. Uh, we're very excited for it. My response really is rooting everybody, getting people involved, um, doing engagements like this with Carrie. I'll be speaking at the event as well to share our story, and part of it is so that. People know they're not alone. You know, yeah. it's a very lonely experience when most people's family and friends have never been involved in something like this. Right. And so you just want to know that while I would rather be alone and this have never happened to anybody else, it's also to, you know, to share your story is 
you're not alone. Right. And so part of it for me is sharing my story and raising awareness and working with the March March for Babies team of raising money because it's it's so important that it's not fine that all this is happening and we need to find answers so it doesn't happen to other moms and babies. No, and, and that requires money, right, yes. Carrie? We, we, we need to rally. And yes. I know we have goals. I know the, the walk is at City Park, which is a neat uh, mm-hmm. setup there by the lake, and it's it's very pretty. So what are, we go- what are the goals and what's going to happen to all this wonderful money we're going to raise with the March for Babies? Yeah, so our goal this year is $200,000. Which we can get to. Yeah, so, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, we absolutely. can definitely get to. Um, we've ha- we are extremely lucky to have wonderful relationships with a lot of the hospitals that are participating, um, and our sponsorship coming from those hospitals has been amazing. So we can put on this event and really fuel the community to come together, walk together, um, and then for people to just see why it's so important. Um, and I think we're really lucky to have an ambassador family and like Justina's family because they've been through so many parts. Of what we talk about with the mission. So unfortunately, they experience loss. Um, they get to celebrate um, that they have Aaron home. And a lot of times when we have an ambassador uh, family come, they can kind of speak to the one part that they've seen. Um, and it was a really, really filled year um, for them. And so I think people are going to be able to um, just connect with them in a different way than we've seen before. Um, but with that, with the fundraising, why it's so important is really it's this money is going to go to different programs in order for us to prevent prematurity from increasing again. Can you for... talk about that a little bit? Where the money's yeah. going to go? Because people mm-hmm. always want to know, well, mm-hmm. how much of it you put in your own pocket? You know, everybody's a negative Nelly half the time. Yeah. Let's, let's tell them where the money's going. Yeah. So we are, um, something that I was really proud of um, when I started with March of Dimes is that we have such um, a high rating from um, the guidebook, which is, um, it's a program that rates different nonprofits and the percentage that goes. Um, Um, And that's because we do a a pretty low um, overhead for what it takes to put these events on. Sure. So um, about, I think it's like 75% goes directly to those programs that are going to fund research um, and create these programs in the community. Um, We hope to connect with more companies that are actually looking to directly benefit the community, um, where some of the programs I talked about before with NICU support, the trainings that the professionals get, and then our supportive pregnancy programs, um, we can connect with them to directly find hospitals that will do those programs. Um, But any money that we raise is going – a lot of it's going to go to research, which I know – Sometimes people want to see those direct programs in the community, but research is also so important. Sure it is. Um, so, yeah, so we would love to share. Um, I have tons of documentations of show, that show what we actually do, um, especially in the state of Colorado, what was founded from this, and um, statistics um, that we love to share. That's like when we have those one-on-one meetings, because to be honest, when you do provide a donation for Marta Dimes, our favorite part is reaching out and getting to know who our donors are and why they fe- feel connected to our mission. All right, let's talk about people helping with the mission. Mm -hmm. If you're a Mm -hmm. a business owner right now listening, if you're just an individual that wants to help the cause, if you've been through the experience, been kind of shy about it, and now you want to step up, it's like Justina said, it's time to step up and help a little bit. How Mm -hmm. do we do all of that? How do we get involved? How do we get to start collecting money? Yeah, um, I think there's like several ways to do it. Um, So with March for Babies coming up, um, we have a lot of companies that want to be connected to our mission and they want to be there on that day, be able to show their brand, 
connect with that community, meet them. Um, and so then for that, we have people that come and they get tables and we have sponsorship opportunities. Then we have companies that like to create their own team. So it becomes like a corporate sure, team where they do fundraising. Thing, yeah. yeah um, they have different departments that do a competition. Sure. Um, and then a lot of companies match. So it's been really great because I do think that a lot of companies um, really do support um, their staff on, like, what interests them. And so if you donate um, $500 for this, they will match your donation, which is pretty remarkable. Um, and then we just have other mission opportunities. So say um, you we have companies that have been, in, like, involved in our events, uh, events for years, and they're like, you know what, we want to give back, but we want it to look a little bit different. Those are the ones where we love to meet with them and really talk about what do those opportunities look like what's important to them sure um and it's nice because i think in we're just now a, a nonprofit organization that has that flexibility that if there's um, a vision and if it works with what we're also looking to accomplish in the community, we have different options to be able to do that. So there's a website to go to for mm -hmm. all of this? Yeah. So one of the actual easiest ways is to find us on social media. Oh. And so um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and so you can actually go to um, – it's March of Dimes um, CO. Or like our Colorado one rather sure. than our national one. So you can connect with us. I actually answer all our messenger. Um, <laughs> I'm in charge of our social media. So you can directly connect with us through that. Or you can also go to our marchofdimes.org. And if you ask a question to the help desk, they'll directly get you in touch with the right person. So you guys are all covered, it sounds like to me, mm -hmm. ladies, for goodness sakes. And again, the walk is April 18th. City Park starts at 9 a.m. It's an all-day thing. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of festivities, and there's food. Got to have food. Yeah, you want to <laughs> get there by 9 because we'll have a lot of fun activities for the kids and, like you said, some food. And mm -hmm. we'll also have other um, companies that we'll be meeting to talk about um, different types of products or um, services that they provide as well. Well, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Good job. Justine Oldoff, Ambassador Family. Thank you. And you know, I'd love to add something for, for those of you who are listening. You know, sometimes, you know, when you look at fundraising or you look at donating, you think, well, I don't have $500 to give. Well, you don't need to. But you don't need to. Yeah. And so, you know, I would challenge everybody of instead of stopping for a morning coffee for that $5, imagine if everyone in the community gave $5. Well, that adds I, up pretty much. <laughs> adds up. 200000 ka-ching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Thanks, Justina, for that. And Carrie Devine, thanks for coming in today. You guys did a good job. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having us. And thank you guys for listening. It's a Mile High Magazine, and I'm Murphy Houston. We'll talk to you next weekend. Have a good day.